off. I was like, like we all recording tonight. I didn't miss a message or something. And then I went back and he said, Cobalt recording outside. I was like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we are um, 830 tomorrow, right? 830. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are live right now. It's another episode of Beer Bacon and Bros coming at you. Um, live from the Beer Bacon and Bros. Stu- no, I'm just kidding. No, we are outside <laughs> in the backyard. Uh, we've got some smoking some meats. Yep, meats on the smoker. Did we put any bacon on the smoker? No. no. Oh, we should. But there is pig. So, I mean, same Fair animal. Yeah. yeah, close enough. But yeah, that was Adam's little story about how he walked in the house and went upstairs and didn't realize we were. Up oh, I there. forgot. He I forgot, forgot that we were out in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. I didn't realize. I just forgot. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we're out here. We're under the uh, the tin roof with the smoker going, watching some Monday Night Football. And I was walking down the street. I'm like, man, somebody's. Either somebody's Somebody got a fire. Could. Somebody's guys like somebody's got a fire going. Like that's what I could smell, and I forgot that we were gonna be out here because you were smoking the meats. Yep. So we're sitting beside it. We got that going. Um, we've got the little dogs out here with us. It's a cool Monday afternoon, Monday evening, Monday evening, Monday night. But yeah, we've got um some. We got two beer reviews we're gonna do. Obviously, recap some sports, some not so good sports, some really good sports, all over the spectrum with that. Um, y'all have anything that y'all want to kick the show off with? Anything like anything that's itching you? Got to get off your chest. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple things, but and we don't have to cover them now. More, just more of the fact it was a bad, it was a bad weekend of sports in the world of sports for Adam. Yeah, Adam's, Adam's teams did not do good at all. No, no, it's tough being a Dallas on every level. Right now. Oh, what well, it, it don't want Dallas, Carolina. Carolina tennis tournament was a shit show. But we did win soccer last night. We did end up winning four one last night in our soccer game. Very good, Dion. Very good. So, <laughs> Dion saying, yeah, Adams our two sport athlete. He's playing men's soccer and men's baseball, so he's got that going on for him. Mm. Yeah, it's it's been a wild ride. Yeah, and uh, the team uh, for baseball ended up losing yesterday seven to four down in Augusta. So they said they played a, a bunch of like ex either ex high school ballers slash some of them were ex college ballers. So. So that was a tough loss for them. I bet. I bet. Especially in that area. There's a lot of good baseball players that come from, you know, definitely parts of South Carolina and, and Georgia. So the Augusta area is a – I used oh, yeah. to have a friend that was a, a professional baseball player that lived in Augusta. He was one of my coworkers. So, um, but, yeah, that's a that's a tough area. Tough weekend of sports. Yeah. So um, – We weren't we were the only, you know, from a college football I, standpoint. But I am winning in fantasy in two out of the three leagues. I'm losing in every single league this week. Alex is going to beat me handedly. Yeah, well, you also had two players <laughs> throw up two goose eggs on your your point. So essentially, I mean, essentially goose eggs. They were less than one point. One was a solid zero. Yeah, another one was like point something. So it didn't help. Point nine. Yeah, it didn't help you at all. Not at all. No, I mean, I had, I had Chase Claypool with his point eight because he had one catch for minus two yards. So that didn't help me either. But I still end up. I'm gonna pull the victory out on you on that one. Oh, easy, easy. Yeah, easily. Yeah, I mean. And again, it was just the week of where everybody was either injured or everybody was on bye for me this week. So it was just unfortunate. But, um, Chris, what you got for us in the beer category? So we got two October style beers. Um, we go ahead and get into beer one and then roll, talk about some sports. But the first beer is um, where's Munkle Brewing at? Munkle? Yep. I don't know. You don't know? Mm-mm. You lived in the city for four years. It's in Charleston. Yeah, we. I, I grabbed. Uncle. Listen, I bought it, put it in the pack. Never. I was looking through them tonight. Wait, and I was wait. like, "What? What two of the six should we go with?" Alex requested to get some. You know, let's get some seasonal beers. So, I got some strong Octoberish style beers for the next week or two. 
And uh, and I saw this one and I was like, all right, a good harvest lager. This this looks and screams October to me. We get it over here and I'm looking on the can for the alcohol percent. And right above that 5.8 alcohol percent says brewed and uh, brewing company in Charleston. So didn't mean to get a local brew, but, you know, you win some, you lose some. And I, hopefully it'll be good. But what you got over there? Did you just look it up? Yeah, I'm, I'm working. I just want to see when they were established. Um. Let's see if I can see it on the can. A little dark out here. Well, I don't even know where they're at. I've never even it heard says, of it them. It says downtown Charleston. That's what I'm saying. Dang. I've never heard of this place. Me neither. Me neither. Like even doing the even doing the you know PRT, the whole PRT thing. I never uh, never heard of them or never remembered at least going to them. So, but it's a harvest lager. Um, you know it's something in German. I don't know how to say German. So. But uh, 12 fluid ounce can, 5.8% alcohol by volume. And uh, well, it's got a nice little ad read on it. I'll probably let Alex read this. Good at ad reads. Yeah, you are really good at it. If everybody wants to give out dollar beers for the next year, you're pretty good at ad reads. <laughs> there you go. You want to take this over? The spirit... It started in 2016. Okay. Construction started in 2016. Well, you were there in 2016, right? Yeah, but I was gone the spring of 2017. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. So a nice young brewery. So the style of beer is, I would say it is Host beer, H-A-U-S-T. Host. 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 Beer. Maybe, yeah. The spirit of the brewing was born out of uh, travel and the love of culture reflected in different beer styles and traditional. While living in Iceland for four years, I discovered a love for exploring the world. Host is the Icelandic word for autumn. Okay. So autumn beer, just an Iceland, you know, language. And this is the harvest style lager with its multi toasty sweetness and balanced hoppiness is a nod to my memories of this time of year and the exploring the land of fire and ice. So, All right. So the, the name Munkle. Yeah. So the guy, I guess the guy that helped founded this, it's him and his uncle and his uncle is also a monk. So that's where you get Munkle. Mm. It's probably solid beer here. Oh, Uncle Rob started. Uncle Rob. Uncle Rob started brewing beer while he was at a monastery. Hey, I respect it, Rob. I respect it. This is a really crisp, solid, somewhat sweet beer. Crisp and sweet, huh? Yeah, I like the. Uh, what do you call that? What sigil? Is that what you would call it? Residual? Yeah, no, the sigil that's on the can. Like the, oh, the, oh, like, uh, yeah, like the like coat the shield. of arms. Yeah, coat of arms. That's what I was looking for. But, I thought you were actually going to hit us like with residual flavor. I was like, oh, man, bringing yeah. out the big <laughs> that's, words that's, today. That's, that's what I thought he was going for. <laughs> Chris read his word genius of the day email. <laughs> Y'all just wait till the, the bacon. I was looking through the list of what I wanted to... Uh, to get for the bacon of uh, our bacon topic of the day. And I found one and I was like, yep, that's what we're going with. That is really good. I mean, that is solid, son. Man, you can't be. No, that's the long, long beer there, there Alex. Uh, yeah, you I got, mean, you I got gotta, gotta have something to keep the throat wet. 
Yeah. My tongue's getting awfully dry over here with this smoke. Yeah, that is that is solid. That is. My uncle, you're doing good, brother. If that's if that's you, folks be on tap. Yeah, that's pretty solid. This is really good. I <laughs> know. Because there's, there's nothing bold about it. There's no, no like distinct flavor. There's no like, you know, something that just like grabs your attention. But Let's, you just like he just he just he just ah, he would nose huff that one. He would have cleaned the table on that line. <laughs> yeah, I, I sniffed that, that hard on that, that one. one. That one was a table cleaning on that sniff. I mean, there's there's nothing like there's nothing distinct flavor wise that just like grabs your attention, in my opinion. Like there's nothing. But it is nice and crisp. It is. It's so easy to drink. It is very easy to drink. Um, it's. It's got just enough flavor to me. I can tell that it's like on the verge of being like a heavy kind of beer, mm -hmm. um, that darker kind of like an amber almost or a, a red ale. But it doesn't overpower you with the heaviness. And it's still very crisp and light at the same time. Um, I'm a big fan of it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Munkle might be getting a visit next time we're yeah. in Austin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're going to be getting a visit now. Now that we know that it exists, we didn't even know it was a place. That's sad to say. And yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, well, when when, when, when I, I do get spoiled list. at level E, so yeah, I, Rev, I mean, Rev's still probably the favorite, but I mean, I, I've been definitely there uh, for a couple years now. So, Hoss Bear Munkle's gonna get a visit though, just to kind of see how things are down there. You would say that Hoss, right, Alex? H A U S T. House, 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 house. Um, it's Icelandic, right? It is. It stands okay. for autumn. Let's, let's, go to, said, okay. let's go to classic uh, translate app. I'm not going to say the name of it because no free shout outs. <laughs> I love it. I'm not going to promote you if you don't give us. Oh, money. get mossed. Yeah. Sorry. We got the, uh, we got yeah, the we're sitting, football yeah, game. For those on listeners, we are, we're on the back porch under the tin roof smoking some barbecue for the festivities tomorrow. And uh, we are watching Monday Night Football out here while we're doing it. And uh, somebody just got Hoss for the Rams or got Moss for the Rams. That was a little. That was a little cheap there. A little late grab at the ankle. I didn't like that from Aaron Donald. Okay. Good let's Lord, get Moss. Let's get. Let's get the official pronunciation of this. Uh, I think housed. Housed is a good way. H a u s t. H a u s t. Yep. Translates to autumn, which we already knew. Oh no, not that Google. Oh my goodness! But that was a technical difficulty for this app. All right, yeah. But all right, what you think of it? What you got? Ah, uh, yeah, I got to get another sip in before I make an official. Hold on, here we go. Heist, 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 heist. Okay, heist or heist, heist, housed, heist. We're over here Americanizing this word. Yeah, I call it host. You ever thought it's funny? Host. You know it's funny. Like when you look at the uh, the social media stuff on like Facebook, people talking about like, oh, British people speak so weird. Like, and like just, it's always just roasting how like, they pronounce words and stuff. And like I watched, I saw a comment one time like a British guy and was like, only America will leave a country that was that taught them English, change it and change it into something else, and then tell the original that they're speaking it wrong. Like, think about that. We have the audacity to tell them they're wrong, and they are. We won the war, didn't Clearly we? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, did, uh, I did see a video today. I think I was on either Facebook video or TikTok. I'm pretty sure it was TikTok. 
and it was a guy going around like England asking people who did America beat in the Revolutionary War. And I'm assuming he just showed all the idiots that didn't get it right. Usually those videos, they cut out all of the right, the 90% correct and keeping the 10% dummies. You know what I'm saying? Well, the I mean. But still, it's something they, I feel like, I guess they England, should know. I don't in know. In England, they, they probably should, don't teach it. They probably they, don't talk about it. The most common answers were France and Germany. See, that's weird because England, was a, there England was a at one point in time owned like what, like 75% of the earth? Oh, yes. for real. I there mean, was also a Japan in there. Somebody threw out Japan. I think England's. Re- I saw. I saw a thing the other day. It was like a little history tidbit that England's responsible. I think for like seventy something Independence Days. Yeah, I can believe it. Because like they're, they're in their mass colonization. <laughs> yeah, I can believe it. All those it. countries that eventually broke away, they're responsible for like an ass ton of Independence Days, which makes sense. I can yeah. believe it. Yeah, between that and like the Roman Empire, <laughs> probably yeah. the same thing. <laughs> oh man, I mean, is another surprised. weird thing. We Did you know that the when you think of the Ottoman Empire, okay, the Ottoman Empire. Yeah. Do you remember that from history class? Yes. Yeah. When do you think they fell? World War One. Yeah. See, to me, that just doesn't register. I was I was gonna say somewhere around the Civil War, but like our Civil War of you know eighteen sixty five. Yeah. No, it was because it you, was because that was that was who was. Uh, it was like Ferdinand was part of that Ottoman Empire yeah. that got assassinated. To me, that just doesn't register what, as like as a you know early nineteen hundreds thing. They were no, yeah, no. The fact, but because. You you hear about it in relation to like the Roman Empire, yeah, and like that's when it was prominent. But it it lasted or existed all the way up until nineteen teens, yeah. Like nineteen fourteen was when the last of the Ottoman Empire. Well, that's really like, but I guess the, the real question is like, when did it start? Like that should give you some better perspective. Here, on let's it. Go. Uh, I got the power of Google in front of me. Doctor yeah. Doctor Google's Doctor pretty pretty ingenious. pretty accurate. So. I'm gonna go back to the beer though. I'm gonna go ahead and finish put my score. Oh the yeah, beer. I'm gonna get, just got away from that. Sorry guys. I'm gonna give it an eight one for me. I think it, I think it's really solid. First beer, like as soon as we sit down in Munkle, that's the first beer I'm getting if it's available. Yeah, definitely. Um, first one I'm getting out of Munkle. Uh, eight eight. Eight eight. Yes sir. Swinging big baby. Eight, five. I like it. Eight five. Yeah. I think. I mean. Ocho cinco. Yeah, I think it's House got to be an eight. Beer. But yeah, I, I mean, if we're in Charleston, we go to this brewery. Absolutely, this is one that's getting. As long as I guess, as long as it's on tap, it is getting drank. So the Ottoman Empire stretched from twelve ninety nine to nineteen twenty two. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that makes that's more sense. Why I never think of them as making it to World War One because, like, I remember in history class, you know, them being there in the you know thirteenth century all the way up. You were just like, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought they were really an empire from like the like the same time that we kind of won our independence till about the time that we want that we you know won or lost the Civil War. No, 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 no. Like they they made, were yeah they were five hundred years, right? Huh? That, no, no. Uh, seven almost seven hundred seven hundred years almost seven hundred years. Yeah, as a but like I said, their their prominent was more along the lines of the Roman Empire area. Yeah, is when they were prominent. Well, yeah, the they existed. It, they existed until the 1920s. God, man, that's crazy. There's also another little fun fact. Did you know that woolly mammoths were still walking the earth while the uh, pyramids were being built? That's wild. Yeah. yeah, that kind of makes you think. I mean, it's two separate parts of the world, so I mean, it could, you know, it could happen. Yeah, it would did happen, I guess. That's how they built the um was the, actually uh, pyramids. Wh- they actually they <laughs> sailed over, captured a few of them, brought them back. 
and they use those to to so, use to so, drag the stones onto the elevators, and so the elevators lift the stones. So up. the nowadays yeah. elephants are just uh, skinny uh, or uh, well groomed uh, woolly mammoths. Evolution? Yeah. No, what's the word? <laughs> evolved. Evolved. Evolved woolly mammoths. Yeah. Yeah, I made that up, by the way. Oh, I I know. nobody believes me. I know, but <laughs> that the Egyptians stole woolly mammoths and helped them drag the stones to elevators. That's how going to be somebody. That that's how you got elephants episode. in the desert, man. Is yeah, that's where camels came from. It's just a, the skinnier woolly mammoth. They they lost skinnier their fur. They, yeah, lost they lost their all fur. that. They didn't have to. They didn't have to be all blubbery anymore to protect themselves from the winters. So they just dropped all that fat. Dear God. They evolved over the over yeah. the time. Forced, there, forced evolution. That's what that was. There will be somebody that listens to this episode, and like when he's actually going over that, will believe that for a second. Just they're gonna just, look just it up. Just, somebody's yeah. gonna look fact, it up. And be like, we'll they fact go, check hold on. They go pause it and be like, hold on, pause. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get back to this episode. Uh, well, hey, solid round of eights. That's that's good. Nice to start off. The uh, second beer is gonna be quite interesting. I've already let Alex see it and put it in the cooler of the chair over there, and um. I'm willing to bet it's not going to be a winner for Adam DeAnthony. Nope. Cartel Smith. Cartel. <laughs> One from Carter, Cartel. I thought it was Cardell. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Cardell. Sorry. De it Anthony could be Cardell. Yeah, DeAnthony Cardell Smith. So, um, well, hey, pretty, I mean, all in all, it was an interesting weekend of football, especially on Saturday, but definitely some upsets. Welcome back to the picture, Big Ten. As uh, as they made some some interesting, you know, they got their first set of games in this weekend. Ohio State was in somewhat of a skinny, you know, tight match, and then kind of blew the doors off of it. Penn State, though, getting beat by was it Indiana? Penn State, so yeah. in overtime, heartbreaker, tough, one point, tough, tough, tough. I, the beer bacon bros group for our locks of the weekend actually didn't do too bad. Adam covered his with the with the coastal minus six. Devin won his with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus three and a half. You and Austin were close. I mean, in all you know, in all fairness, y'all picked when y'all picked it. It was twelve and a half. I gave you twelve when I made the post on Friday. Ended up getting all the way down to ten on Sunday, and then the Bills just—I mean, they just didn't score. They didn't actually get a touchdown. They kicked freaking seventeen eight, field goals. They, they field attempted goals. eight and made six. Yeah, and ended up winning eighteen to ten. So I mean, your y'all's line—it should have covered. I mean, they should have gotten yeah. in the end zone at some point. Uh, Penn State just Who crapped the bed. Take? Penn State oh, minus okay. six, and they crapped the bed. Hey, you could have been like Bubba, who had the uh, Browns winning by three and a half, missed the extra. They're point. up by yeah, they up by three and missed the extra point. That's, and it doesn't cover. That's tough. That, oh. that hurts. That hurts when you're that when something that like close. that happens. Something stupid like that happens. That just what should be what used to be automatic. Is oh yeah, field goals. I mean, the whole reason they moved field goals back is to make them no longer automatic. You actually have to work for that point. But yeah, that now it costs you what, eighty bucks? However much money you put on it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's just those little things like that hurt. But a pretty solid weekend, all in all. I mean, you know, the Clemson ended up winning by twenty six over Syracuse. It ended up being a little closer game than normal for them. North Carolina blew out North Carolina State. Yeah, North Carolina I mean, State's not looking. Was, I'm actually surprised that like touchdowns. Clemson Twitter, they were kind of harsh on the Tigers. They were saying that this. This game should not have been this close. I'm like, yeah, you're up by 26. Like, they, well, no, the line they was were, 45. They, were, they yeah. were harping on the Tigers. Saying like, just I, I. To be fair, I think those players just took that day off. Honestly, they weren't. No, I, mean, I doubt Syracuse anybody was there going 100. percent Are they the worst team in the ACC right now? Well, not only that, but Syracuse ooh, also had like wow. Florida State or Georgia Tech are worse than Syracuse. Syracuse also had like six starters out with injuries. So like, not only are they like not like way overmatched in that game, but they were also down a lot of their starters. 
So they didn't have any help from the beginning of the game. I mean, are they technically one and five? Yes, Adam, but their losses are to North Carolina, who's was was number five in the country. But, Clemson. You know, North Carolina, Clemson, Pitt also ranked. Um, Liberty, who's undefeated. Duke, who who they probably shouldn't have lost to, but you know, so either all right, so Tech. either way, I give they shouldn't have lost to Liberty. Like Liberty's undefeated, but they're playing in what the Big South Conference. What is that? Is that uh, the same? Not Big South. They're in. Um, no, Liberty's independent. Liberty's independent. Actually, are they independent now? Mm-hmm. I thought they used to be in. They some... used to be. What did they used to be in? They wasn't the Big East. Um, Liberty wasn't in the MAC. Maybe it was that... the Sun Belt. They might have been in the Sun Belt with Coastal. Liberty hasn't played too terrible a schedule. I mean, Liberty has beaten Western Kentucky. They've beaten FIU. Beat Northern Alabama and Louisiana Monroe. I'll give you that. Beat Syracuse. Beat Southern Miss by 25 this weekend. Austin says Duke's the worst. Not, I'm going, I, I'm I, would argue, by, I would argue Georgia Tech's. I'm going by, like, record-wise. Like, where, like, you look at the standings in the paper, who's worse? Not by actual team. Damn, we got a hell of a matchup December 5th. Liberty is at Coastal Carolina. That's going to be a pretty good game of... Of two undefeated undefeated teams right now. So, oh, they, Liberty, yeah, Liberty. Who they? I'm sure y'all just said it, but Liberty smoked somebody this week. Southern, Southern Miss. Miss. Yeah. Oh, did um did we get any of our or uh, did anybody predict right on who was the last remaining undefeated team was going to be? It's technically Pittsburgh. It is Pittsburgh, and I I know when I did on my little prediction of Pittsburgh season, I said the Tennessee game was the wild card. Well, I meant, I meant like. Because we did what last week? Or last we, episode, yeah. I we, to, said, we had to look back at last. Yeah, week. we got to go back and look at it because it was Seattle, Pitt, and Tennessee were the three remaining undefeated. Yeah, and I said that Pitt would beat Tennessee, but I also thought that Seattle would stay undefeated this I, week. I also, I, I know for a fact, I said Seattle would be undefeated, and I think I said Seattle because y'all have ba- Pittsburgh has Baltimore this weekend, and I think that's a chance. I think for that's Pittsburgh what me, me and one. Chris said. I think me and Chris said. Pittsburgh and Seattle makes it out of this this weekend because and then they I think the Baltimore Pittsburgh game was going to be where possibly Seattle could go to be the only remaining. Yeah, I, I I definitely thought Seattle would would win that game. Yeah, they um, I mean they would have if Russell Wilson wouldn't have thrown three interceptions. I yeah. feel like that's a it's hard to win any close game if you're throwing if you've got those three turnovers like that. You got three turn. Well, you also have one receiver that has three touchdowns. So, yeah, I mean, so yeah. So here's the ACC for you. You have Duke, Syracuse, Virginia, Florida State, Louisville, all at one and four or one and five. Georgia Tech's got two wins. Austin just said Duke's Duke literally is the last in the standings. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would I would say Florida State or Georgia Tech. I don't know how Georgia Tech's got two wins, but um, technically Duke, Syracuse are tied at overall win loss, but Syracuse is one and four in conference when Duke's one and five in conference. Yeah. So Duke's got that one more conference loss. But I really, I mean, from a talent standpoint, I don't feel as though by any means that Florida State is really anywhere near the rest. I mean, any Georgia Tech or Florida State anywhere near the rest of the teams as far as talent wise, which don't get me wrong, ACC is a joke, anyways, if we're being honest. But I mean, you really, you know, you have Clemson and then you have everybody else in that conference. It, it is what it is. But. So it's kind of like in that that SEC shorts video where they're talking about how South Carolina fans are like the scariest Halloween costume. Oh, he, that was actually he, pretty funny. He goes on to that rant about like the psychological warfare it is to be a Gamecock fan for football. And he sums up the ACC perfectly. He goes, and then just imagine your in-state rival 
can sleepwalk through their entire conference and go undefeated <laughs> to go to the playoffs every year. And I was like, that sleepwalking through their conference is that's literally what they're doing this year. They're yeah. literally just sleepwalking through it. Yeah, essentially, I mean, when and, when you can take out your first and second string by midway through the third and still comfortably win by thirty, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not it's no it's no fault to Clemson. It is just the rest of the ACC. I'm not blaming not Clemson it. for being in that conference. It's yeah. just the conference sucks. Oh, trust me, Clemson hates it. Like if you if you I'm think sure they about do. it from a fan standpoint and from a coaching staff, they have to school, hear it all the time, and, and they know it's true. And it, and that's what frustrates them is they want somebody to be a competitor to them. They 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 crave the you know the fact that Miami was undefeated and ranked when they had game day when they have Notre Dame later in the schedule. I mean, don't get they me don't wrong. Be, they don't want to be playing, you know, like two years ago in the conference championship versus a seven and, and five, five Pittsburgh. Pit team. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they or, don't. Or years, or a couple years before that, it was a six and six Georgia Tech team. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. don't. They don't want that. But um, it's the like, hand they're dealt, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think that's why you talked about this weekend with you know Clemson Twitter and Clemson, you know, media kind of roasting how the team played. They have to beat people by forty. It, they have to beat people yeah, by what they're true. projected. So that they keep their name, they keep their rank, they keep their spot. Now, don't get me wrong; they go undefeated. It really, like the you know the it's the playoff committee is not going to keep you them. Can't, out. It's hard to move someone down for a win, you know. But each week that they don't play great, and then you accidentally slip up versus somebody, then you're ruined, yeah. right? They they look at it and they go, okay, you you know, we'll just say we'll say North Carolina. They Let's get say they, no, lose they, it. they get the Notre Dame reputation. You're overranked, overhyped every year. You beat all these small independent schools. And then all of a sudden you face the one good ACC team and get destroyed. Well, like let's let's say let's say they come out, you know, they didn't play great against Syracuse. Let's say they play Georgia Tech later in the year. I don't know who they got left, but let's say they play Georgia Tech later in the year and they only beat Georgia Tech by ten points, right? And then they barely beat Notre Dame, and then they lose to North Carolina in the ACC championship. Everybody's gonna look at it and they're gonna okay, well Clemson. I mean, yeah, you only got one loss, but you didn't play really great versus Notre Dame. You only beat Georgia Tech by ten, you know. Are you are you really that good a team, right? Like Alabama Every, goes undefeated. And beats. Everybody starts questioning you. Are you are you that that team? Yeah, like Al- are Al- you actually true what to what you say you are? You but know? but yeah, that's why. Yeah, as to Chris's point, they got to beat people by thirty or better. Yeah, to to prove to them, yeah, we are legit. Yeah, like and hell, even our third string can get out here and still score touchdowns. Fourth string can get out here and score touch like. We we can still do that, top to bottom. We got you, and and they're going to get some help this year. Like the, it's going to be really interesting for the playoff committee when we get to the point of them putting the playoff together because, you know, Alabama's pretty much. I mean, Alabama's got to finish off the rest of the West, which you know really doesn't include anybody strong left. Then they got to play probably Florida in the in the SEC championship game. That you know it's going to come down to the Florida Georgia matchup. Obviously, um, you know Alabama's already smoked Georgia, but. You know, you'll you'll have Alabama having. I mean, hell, they'll come away with probably five of their ten or five of their eleven wins this year, including the SEC championship game versus top ten opponents. So Alabama will be secure there. The Big Twelve, you know, f- might still have a chance with Oklahoma State, who pulled off a big win this week versus Iowa State. Um, Oklahoma State still undefeated, so Oklahoma State's got that that chance to get into the champion the playoffs if, if they remain if they remain undefeated they're gonna have to beat Oklahoma they're gonna have to beat Texas they haven't played those two yet so. well I guess and they still got I mean they got to win you got to at least put them in consideration if they win the conference championship right yeah yeah and I just With I just essentially don't... only four conferences playing well 
now you got everybody playing, right? I mean, you, you, you actually have gotten back to the point where everybody's playing. So the Mountain West is playing. Pac-12 is coming back next weekend. Big Ten came uh, back this weekend. I was going to say, is the Pac-12 I finally decided we yeah. can come back they're, they're coming back next weekend. They're playing seven games in seven weeks. Um, you know, So they're going to try and get Oregon in. You're, the Big 12 is in a tough spot. The Big Ten is going to try and get somebody in. Obviously, Ohio State kind of the favorite there. So um, it's going to be inter- I mean, it's going to be interesting. What I what I hate to see is I'm going to hate to see a team like BYU, which I kind of wanted to talk about today because he and I got to you know finally watch most of the BYU game this weekend. I've watched BYU a couple weeks in a row. Really talented team. You know, they put they had basically no chance at a schedule come July of this year. They put together what they could of a schedule, and you know they're blowing everybody they're playing out. But I mean they're they're blowing everybody they're playing out. They're they're showing how good a team they are. And uh, you know, they literally. I mean, granted, it was it's Texas State, but Texas State scored in their first drive, did not score again until I think their last drive in the fourth quarter. Yeah, garbage time touchdown. The chick garbage time touchdown. Well, you know what I would love to see? How about a white hot take here? How about if we're planning the future of the playoff committee for college football? Would y'all love to see? Let's say we get. Let's say we do go to six teams instead of four. Let's say the winner of every Power Five conference gets in, right? So you got an SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac Twelve winner, right? So there's five of your six, and then the sixth spot is a play-in game of the two best teams from the other the other group of five conferences. So you would have like a UC, like the UCF, you you have yeah, like a UCF. So like for this year, you, this year you would have a BYU and probably either Cincinnati probably would be the other one because Cincinnati's ranked number nine. They're undefeated. They just beat SMU this weekend. So you would get like a play-in game between in the in the conference championship weekends. You would get a play-in game between BYU and Cincinnati. Whoever wins that gets to go to the college football playoffs. Well, I mean, do they do don't they have to play in their own conference championships? Well, BYU is independent, so well, yeah. they w- they wouldn't have to. But Cincinnati would have to play in the uh, American Conference Championship. So yeah, so now. say they lose though, like say what? Say, Cincinnati say, loses in that conference championship game, or when are they going to play that conference championship game? If they got to also play a, would the next week be a play-in game for them? You could play. I mean, what you could do is yeah, you could do the conference championship games, and then the next week be a play-in game because you're not playing. You're not playing the first round of. The college football playoffs until New Year's Eve now. Yeah, well, and, then, and I guess I guess really that that conference playoff um, week that we're talking about that following week, what used to be reserved for the Army Navy game, right? It, it is the Army Navy game. Yep, which it's, is still happening this year, right, Mister Navy guy? Yeah, from my understanding, it is. Okay, is it going to still happen that this same week? Let me look it up. Probably of what should be comp well. Probably that's the week of the makeup. So I think Navy's well. only. I think Navy's only playing like remember like we said like five or six games when we looked them up that, before the yeah. season started. Yeah. Same for Army. Like Army was only playing like four or five games. I thought. How about Navy lost? But like second quarter, the quarterback actually was like six passes for 120 yards and two, uh, two like two touchdowns or one touchdown. They actually threw like a 60 yard pass for a touchdown. It was completely against the triple option offense, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do feel kind of bad for Alex. We were watching the. Uh, the Notre Dame game versus Pitt initially, and then like it was he like he said the end of first quarter it was like seven to three or something like that. Yeah, it was very it was closer than what we thought it would be. It ended up being a forty five three game. Yeah, it was bad. The Pitt Notre Dame game. Yeah. No. yeah, yeah. So they are playing December twelfth, three o'clock. Yep. So that we Army can, Navy. Yeah, yeah, weekend after conference championships. 
If you, if we really are quiet, I actually think you can hear the crickets in the recording. Any, anybody I think you can. Anybody that's listening, can you? It, we're going to be really quiet for like the next ten seconds. Tell us you can hear the crickets in the background. <laughs> that was a quick ten seconds. That sounds, was. That honestly sounded like a fart more than a cricket. I mean, somebody was probably like, "God, I mean, somebody... that cricket's struggling." Don't be judging him. <laughs> you don't know what he had for uh, dinner, breakfast, dinner. Or breakfast, whatever. <laughs> Oh, good lord! So the uh, Dodgers and Rays play tomorrow night. Game six. Game, game six. Five. Yeah, game, game six. six. Yeah, yeah, Dodgers yeah, yeah, won yeah. last night and go up three two. Oh, did y'all see that new angle I sent y'all earlier? I did not realize that's why he got caught almost going he home slipped, he because slipped he slipped and fell. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't until I saw that angle today. Hey, doesn't matter. Still got there. He still did. got there. Still won. Y'all the way it, the way the Dodger the way any fans that. Game. Know anything about baseball? I need to go look up how the Rays walked off Game Four. Yeah, it is the epitome of just doing your job badly. Two guys on the Dodgers team just made two errors back to back to allow two runners to score. Bottom even, of the ninth, even with two outs and two strikes. Even all if, they needed was even one more if, strike. Uh, Will Smith wouldn't have slung the ball to the backstop, it would have been a close play had had he not slipped, slipped and fell. Exactly. Yes, if he had cleanly got around third. It would have been like a bang bang play right yeah. there, where well, they would have they would have had to review it. Did and you stuff see him like try that. to steal home last night? Yes, that was a little aggressive. I understand it. I mean, kind of. But also, I'm kind of mad that the batter didn't even try to do anything. He, I mean, you can't really. at least he can do a, um. He was a, squeeze a lefty, bunt. He was a lefty though. Well, they, well, um, who do they have pitching? Koshaw, right? Yeah. Well, Koshaw like stepped off the mound and threw it, not as a because he was pitching. But kind of threw it kind of up is more like a pitch out, and the batter kind of just stepped out of the box, okay, and kind of let it play out as it should. But I guess at that same time, like I guess if the batter, if the batter, stayed, could, if the batter could get the bat on it, is he not allowed to swing at a pitch out? I mean, he is. So, but I mean, I guess at that I get, point, like you're saying, like Kershaw stepped off the mound, so technically it's not a pitch at that point; it's now a pickoff. Yeah, just to but home. The batter, so he's, still, the batter, the batter can still swing at that, I believe, right? No, if if it's not a like an official pitch, I think he has to step out of the box for the play. Okay, and that makes a little bit of a difference okay, cause, there because that's what happened. Koshaw ended up stepping off the mound and throwing to home. Okay, so yeah, he stepped off in a way that it wasn't a pitch. He wasn't coming home with a pitch. He Correct. St- he stepped off like he would if he was throwing back to first. Yep. Okay. That was interesting. That was aggressive. Down three two. Try to steal home. I mean, get look, get a little something, little action there just to see how it would happen. I mean, he was close. Oh, it was worth the shot. I mean, if if he would have thrown it any higher or you know anywhere else, I mean, he may have. Oh, he it. was very close already. That's to what make I'm that, saying. That was a like you said, any batter, any worse of a throw, he probably was. In, he probably, probably been in safe. Yeah. Stealing home. I saw a video today of a little leaguer. Uh, he hit the pitch that was thrown to him. But he also hit the foul ball that came in from the side field. Oh yeah, I've seen Have that video that? before. Yeah, it no, comes. No, no. It comes. The ball comes down from above, and at the same time, the pitch is coming in. When the kid swings at the pitch, he hits both the baseballs into play. Wow. Yeah. I no, I thought that's not what you. Were, I thought you were going with this. Yeah. Also, another video of a little league game. It um kid was on third. Fooled the entire team thinking it was either ball four, and he started clapping as he walked down the third baseline like he got walked in, stole home that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's 
that's a ballsy move. And then also, you know, the other team's coach was just like, you guys are idiots. Because like he's like, he's like step, how did y'all all just fall for that? He like stepped back the third and then just started cheering and like trotted on down the line. And the catcher kind of like the catcher had the ball at home. And like froze and just kind of like well, you know what you know what's good like about watched that? Him Hold on, Austin's Austin's calling. Let's connect to Austin. All right, Austin is uh, joining us for the call in. I'm gonna Adam. Adam, they fake rambling. I'm gonna um go with what you're saying. Austin, can you hear us? Can we hear? Oh, we can yes, hear you. Yes, yes, All right, yes. sweet. We can hear you now. Adam, they faked a balk on that play. Huh? So they they what Austin's saying is the third baseman was like as he was tr- walking into home, he was probably screaming like balk, balk, baby, no, it, or something some- like that. Someone in the dugout yelled balk, and the ball went home. So it yelled balk as the pitcher was like throwing it in. So the third, the guy from third is running and clapping, and they thought it was a balk. So on a balk, the runner would advance. So he would get home. yeah. Well, so yeah. He, well, you didn't hear. There was like no audio to it. Like you didn't see what I, you just saw the ball come home like it was a pitch. The guy from third like start walking. And he back starts to clapping third. and everything. Well, no, it was like he was going back to third like it was a normal pitch, but then he kind of like hesitated and then started clapping and cheering, trotted on but home. Was, I mean, if you think about it, and like any nobody, nobody on the other team so let's, even let's picked it up. Put yourself like in the pitcher's catcher position at a, a junior level like that. If that dude's coming home third and you're like, ah, oh, he's like, ah, oh, balk, yeah, baby. And I guess in like most a lot of people of mine, unless you're actually just very aware of what's going on. You'd probably just be like, hey, man, no, it's not. Get back. And as he touches home, then he's like, too bad I just stole home on you. Yeah. You wouldn't have, like, some people wouldn't have the mental capacity, like, hey, let me just go ahead and tag him just to make sure. Yeah. Well, same thing happened in uh adult men's league game. Um, There's a guy, George, that plays on te- our team. He's a little bit older, healthier guy. Not quick on the base path by no mean. Well, he thought it was um, a strikeout and, like, you know, third strike, whatnot. Well, he tried it on down to second and stole second that way because <laughs> he was he thought it was three outs, and so he just tried it on down to second and nobody threw him out, nothing. So that's what I'm saying. Like if, if I'm if I'm the catcher in the third third the guy on third base is like especially the since he made the move to go back to third, touch third. Well he didn't even touch walk. third. Oh, okay. Well he made well, he like just, two steps to third and you know he starts doing his little trot to home and he's clapping, he's like, Yeah, I balked, baby. We got the you know, you just walked me in or whatever. I w- I don't know how many people would actually like you know at a high school middle school level. junior league level would be like hey let me tag him before he touches home yeah that, th- that if 12 it's, if it's not a, if it is a balk the ump will clear it up you know the ump will come in and dictate what's going on not just let him walk in and touch home plate but since he walked in and touched home plate he stole home yep all, all you- good, it's also really good mental awareness on the ump to let that stand yeah all all you have to do in that situation is the catcher needs to look at the field ump because that's who would call a balk. So look at the field ump, and if he has his hands in the air, then it's a real balk. If he doesn't, then it's a possibility that someone just yelled it. Yeah, It's like the same thing you call, like, we see, like, in the peewee footballs or middle school footballs where the the center hands the ball over his shoulder to the QB because he's like, wrong ball, wrong ball. Or like, yeah, and or he's like, hey, we're, we're lined up on the wrong yard line and the QB starts st- walking and then just takes off. off running. Yeah. Well, that was like the time we would find you and, you know, he's stealing. Oh, from yeah. The- <laughs> I mean, me and Adam almost got kicked out of a little uh, minor league baseball. Major league. Majors. Yeah. Majors. So it's like, how old are you playing majors, 11, Austin? 11, 12. 12, 12-ish. 13, maybe. What was 13-year-old kids out there on Pine View? We're watching Austin play at this time. We're, you know, like just a few years older. 
and we're out behind center field behind like a little green netting that's like the batter's like a windscreen yeah and there's there was no one on base I mean, no, no there was a guy on like either first or second but as but it was like adam yelled out we're stealing he's like adam just screams out he's stealing but Austin team was, was like, on defense and that was the coach that got mad at us was like like bro any, if anything we were helping you out like yeah the third base and so, like, the ump sent, like, a parent to come and yell at us out at center yeah. field. And we're like, all right, all right. Because we were out there talking. parent was to... actually pretty cool. He's walking. He was like, hey, you guys can't be back here. Well, no, because we yeah, were Yeah, because I was, I was playing center. We were while he was playing center field. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was playing short. Yeah, you weren't. It was, I remember it was Linden Brink we were talking to. Yeah. It was, I mean, yeah, it, that... it was funny as hell. Yeah, that was a unique time there. But, yeah, the, like, the third base coach was really, like, pointed out – like clearly frustrated, pointed out to center field, and the ump kind of looked. He was like, well, "Okay, okay," and like pointed at somebody on the, like their dug outside, not even your dug outside. You know, the, worst, the best part is probably like some parent over there, like some little Karen was like, "I can't believe these hoodlums out there just trying to disrupt my baby's game." Oh, like they were just cussing, guaranteed. like we were the devil. Like they probably took it way too serious. Some parents out there I know did. I mean, it's it's you know youth sports, so yeah, guaranteed. Pretty much a hundred percent guaranteed nowadays. Oh yeah, some parents out there overreacting. <clears throat> so they, my they, baby's going pro. Well, he's eleven years old. You yeah. don't know. You're your Steven Strasburg out there at eleven years old. Bryce Harper. So, any uh, any predictions? Y'all think? Do y'all think the Rays can push it this game seven, or y'all think it's over tomorrow night? I think the Rays can do it. They've done a good I, job yeah. of evening up I so think, far. I think they can. They have a chance. Who's pitching tomorrow night for him? Blake Snell is on for the Rays. Tony Goslin's on. For oh yeah, they, they've they, got a chance. They then. got a chance. They've got a chance. I would agree. I think they got a. I think they got a legit chance. So, um, I'd Goslin, love. I'd love Goslin nothing more had, than a game seven. Goslin hadn't looked great in the this postseason. No, he's very hittable. And then the Rays. Oh, what yesterday night or yeah, last night was like probably the first time Kershaw's had a really decent game in October. Well, well he, he threw a good game one. Yeah, he, he threw, pitched a good game one, but he, so did um. Was it Glasnow? How do you say his last Kyle name? Kyle Glasnow, yeah. Yeah, he pitched a very good game one. Yeah. He hasn't he hasn't really pitched that well in the World Series. He's I think he's given up four run runs in both uh games that he's pitched in as far as this is just makes me so mad because I know that it I know that the Atlanta Braves could beat the Rays. Watching this. Yeah. So now now it just it really does kind of make me So mad. do you think the Dodgers are just not performing to their peak level then? Yeah, they, uh, they, they the race seem mistakes. To, the race seemed to be playing the Dodgers better than we did. No, never mind. We did go up three one and just Blow shit it. the bed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean the the you know the mistakes in game four, you know, really. I mean, legitimately cost the Dodgers. They could have they could have won game four and then closed it out. La- you know, last night. But um, the Dodgers have struck out a lot. It, it's kind of surprised me. Which I do think they probably struck out more than we did, as far as the National League Championship Series as well. Um, but I, I mean, they've been they've been kind of home runner bus in the World Series. I yeah. mean, they're hitting two homers a game. Yeah, big ball and nothing, huh? They um, so. the Dodgers now have nine players to hit a home run in the World Series, and they just hit a World Series record because in in this series alone, they've had nine different players hit a homer against the Rays. Yep. that's a World Series record. So it's never well, that's what you, that's what you get with the Rays because the Rays are. I mean, every guy out of the race throws a hundred. It feels they, like they are strikeout or home run guys. They they are hard throw. They're flame throwing guys that some have movement, but not really. 
Blake actually doesn't throw that hard. Blake, but he's Blake, throwing like 95, though, isn't he? he? Throws, yeah, he throws mid-90s. But he, yeah. still, he's got multiple different fastballs as well, though. So, like, he has a cutter. He has a two-seam. He has a sinker. He has a regular four-seam. He's got a good slider. And he's not. And he's left-handed. So 95 and he's left-handed. Is 90, <laughs> 95 is 98. Yeah. Yeah, 95 from the left, you go in places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you just think about how hard it was to face Randy Johnson back in the day. Like you got to throw some mad respect on a six foot eleven left handed guy that throws. Also, with, if you look at the pictures, they've had someone took an actual picture of like directly above Randy Johnson. He was throwing like one of his like peak level fastballs. His hand on the point of release was actually off of the mound. Was over grass. That's how tall and lanky he was. Something. Not only was he whipping it, but he was also able to stretch it out and get closer say, to home he, than any other pitcher. He got an extra like. Four five like four feet on his stride. Yeah. To get that ball that much. So you went from sixty feet to fifty six feet. Like on his, try, full, his to try full, and hit ninety nine. His full stretch, he I think he was almost like stepping on the grass. So yeah. he, he, I mean, imagine that. He just now cut off two or three feet. That's what I'm saying. So, from sixty feet to fifty six feet. So and now he's throwing ninety eight you like yeah. Jesus Christ. Honestly, he would have been and and it's hard to say that he would have been better. But he threw from the side, so with how long and lanky he was when he threw from the side, it made it extremely hard on lefties because he, he was starting balls behind him, basically, and it was it was breaking across their body. But imagine if he would have not strutted so long and he would have been more upright at how, how, the how tall he was, like straight over the top. That ball like would be coming – yeah, that ball would be coming from over seven feet high and ending two the feet. Centrifugal like, force, like the, the amount of like centrifugal force he'd have gotten on his arm too, on that full rotation, like like also saying if it was straight up and down approach. Yeah, that would have also his velocity would have been well over a hundred. That was we'll that see, was my he, hardest he, pitcher ever to hit. He could reach that far, like he could reach 97, 99, and up to a hundred. And that's why I remember I remember watching Mark McGuire one time when they made. They asked him, they said, how hard is it to hit Randy Johnson? He said, what people don't realize is he's throwing 97 to 99 from the left side. Like, you know, that's hard, right? Then you add in his six foot 11 frame. So you're talking about when a guy, when he's actually finally letting that ball go, it's coming out 100 plus and slowing down as it gets to you. He's like, I, I would, Mark McGuire said, I would argue that if he really reared up and gassed one, like if you, if you got it, if you measured how fast that fastball was initially coming from like the first 10 inches out of his hand, he said, I, I'd argue it's 110 miles an hour. Like you think it slows down 10 miles 10 from, mi- from because of, because of how difficult it is for his reach plus velocity, like the, from the peak point of it coming out of his hand for the first like 10 inches, it's going like a hundred, 110 is what Mark McGuire was basically saying. That's what I'm saying. You, but from the, from that point at say 50, seven feet from his stride to where that ball is, you know, and everything at 57 feet, that goes 110. Then you're saying in 57 feet, it slowed down 10 miles an hour. That's Mark McGuire's argument. I would say 110 is up there. Yeah. I mean, it's probably going 105, I, say, I could say yeah. like 103, 104 maybe, but it just, it gives you less. Like you think about it. They, they always talk about time to react to a, a, a pitch, right? Oh yeah. That you're not going to. Yeah. So you get Randy Johnson throwing 97. Like let's just say, let's call it 97 there. And like Alex is talking about, that extra seven feet from his reach 
it's not it's giving you even less time to think about it because yeah. you you know he's so tall and so lanky by the time he's letting the ball go like you're talking about you know it's not 66 feet six inches it's probably 59 feet right well 60 foot six inches 60 foot six inches yeah you're right you're right so right. he's yeah you're, so you're, you're talking you're talking feet. well his stride isn't eight foot long his stride is no. probably four, three and a, yeah, three foot, four foot on his stride. Yeah. So yeah, either way, you're looking at say, call it fifty six feet from where his foot's planted, and then you know the ball three quarter arm slot still milliseconds to the side if you want to swing. Yeah. I'm telling you, it would have been harder to hit him if he threw directly over top. It's something that plays with your eyes. A very tall guy throwing directly over the top is the hardest person ever to hit. How about because- this? How good would Randy Johnson be today versus when he pitched in the steroid era? I mean, he would be – he would be – he would – I don't know because he wouldn't get brought out as much. He'd be a top top pitcher. Yeah, but he – I mean, everyone throws 100 now. Like, that was the main thing when he was doing it. No one was throwing 100. Yeah, but how, how many lefties are throwing 97 as a starter? They see as a starter, and now you make a different case. But I mean, well, that's what I'm many. saying. I mean, I'm taking I'm taking Randy Johnson as Randy Johnson is. He's a starter. Yeah, I mean, I I would put him top five. I would I would argue that if I get if I get 28 year old Randy Johnson right now, I would argue that Randy Johnson's a top three pitcher in the MLB this year. Oh, guaranteed. Because well, I mean, I mean, I could I could agree with that. Because don't get me wrong, there's a lot of great pitchers, but I'm talking about somebody that that's got a three pitch sequence that will kill you, throwing 97 from the left side in an era where you're not facing steroids, right? Which definitely hurt his career a little bit because you have performance enhanced hitters, and in this era of 2020, it's always yeah. about strikeouts. Yeah, that's- but you had you had performance enhanced hitters that made their enhancement made them hit the ball further not make them hit the ball more yeah their reaction yeah. their reaction time to it didn't change it was just how hard they could actually hit it well that's still i mean you throw 97 you go give a home run if they put solid contact on it yeah, yeah. especially but, when they're that's what i'm PEDs. saying that but that's not what was what was they increased. It was not increased. Yeah, but you would be yeah. ludicrous to say that Randy Johnson didn't give up more home runs because of the error that he pitched. In. Oh, I, I'm sorry. No, 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 you can make less con. You could make less solid contact, and because of how strong these guys were, yeah. due to either cork bats or PEDs, he they would still be able to get it out. He would give up more home runs nowadays than in a per start basis. Like if you did it over a season, he would give more this season than any of his seasons in the past. But would he would he give up less runs in a season? Probably not. He'd probably give up more runs because the game the game's ba- the game of baseball nowadays is not as intense per se. You want to score runs, and it's not – they try to stay away from pitcher domination and stuff like that. So you don't have a lot of, like – you look at the playoffs and you look at regular season, playoffs, like pitch sequences and everything like that is completely different than regular season. And I think he would give up more because he would tend to the error of 
let's get a quicker game, more runs, and still have a quicker game. We're going to throw more across the plate. I, I just don't – got to think about the errors more per se. Yeah. It's the same argument like with basketball. You know, the Jordan, Jordan, LeBron. Yeah. Like, oh, it's two different errors and stuff like that. Um, it's just – I don't know. I still think Randy Johnson now, if he was born 20, 30 years later, he would still be the phenomenal pitcher that he is. I don't think we're arguing oh. that. I think we're just talking about would he would he be a better pitcher in today's game than he would be when he played in the PED era. And, and also he's making good arguments. I, mean, I don't think he would give up as many homers. I think see, his home run stats would be lower. See, I actually think he would give – I think it's a little bit of the opposite because of the era that we're playing. And I agree with Austin that he would give up more homers. But I think on a per-run basis across the entire season, he would give up less runs because this this era is literally just home run or strikeout. That's all hitters are trying to go for. He would he would break the record for strikeouts. So. Oh yeah, he would. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he would stri- he would strike out three hundred and twenty guys probably. Um, but and I, mean, I do I do kind of think like um nowadays these pit- these batters are a little bit more inclined to just swing for contact. And we all know if you just make solid contact on a something that's near 100 miles an hour and it's in your wheelhouse, you're sending that ball. You don't have to swing with power. It's just you do a nice, solid swing and make solid contact. The velocity alone of the pitch is going to help you send it out of the park. Yeah. Well, on Changle and all the data that's come out, came out now too with backspin and stuff like that. That's another thing, like the, the next-gen stats or whatever and all those – Advisors, they would also help make Johnson even more of a dominant pitcher. I feel like. Oh yeah, he could learn pressure points of a ball, and yeah, he like would learn crazy that weren't right. him. You know, when he was yeah. actually playing. That's like Glavin. I mean, you talk about Tom Glavin, a guy that made a ball go dance like any which direction, and that was before you really. I mean, they they were starting into learning pressure points and stuff like that. But that was really before you, like, got into the movement era on a baseball. So think about what he could do with the baseball with next-gen stats. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like – I don't know. Did I, did I show you all the video of John Smoltz when he went on, um, like, MLB Tonight, and they did – they partnered with MLB The Show to create a – a John Smoltz for 2020, and he faced like I think it was Fernando Tatis, Mike Trout, and maybe Cody Bellinger, I, I, maybe Bryce Harper. Maybe that's who it was. I think it was I think it was Bryce Harper, Fernando Tatis, and Mike Trout, and and he taught them through the pitches he wanted to throw in what location, and um, you know he struck all three of them out at the time on the video game, of course. And they talked to him and they were like, you know, do you think you know do you, how do you think you would fare in today's game? And you know, Smoltz said, "Well, of course, I'd strike more people out." He said, "But I also feel like I would give up more homers. These these hitters are so strong, and do you know a good job when they when they make contact, they make contact sweet spot. You know, there's just so much solid contact in the game, but there's also just so many more swing and misses than there's ever been." But that's what the game wants. You're not, they want you're not faster hitting games. Those slap hits anymore. Yeah, no, nobody's hitting 200 hits in a season and hitting you know 140 singles out of that. You know yeah. that that's what the game wants. Though they want faster they want games with ball. higher runs. They say they want the long. Imagine ball. like you know we we're talking about next gen stats and like you know sports science, all this like being able to help these players become better athletes. Like also saying like you know 
if you taught these guys in the 80s and 90s that were dominant pitchers, like the certain pressure points, if you grip it a little bit tighter this way, stuff like that, and talking about their velocity, hey, if you change your arm angle by certain degrees, yada, yada, yada. Imagine like the Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, and the, the Glavin. Glavin era. Well, like Mad- Maddox lived off of throwing 85 and being able to paint the corners. Like, I'm about to throw my favorite Greg Maddox stats. We've all heard it. He faced 20,421 batters. He only, and of all of those 20,421 batters, only 310 of those batters saw a 3-0 count, with 177 of those batters being intentional. Being intentional. That means only 133 batters got walked by him actually just missing the strike zone. Yeah. Yeah. That I, is ridiculous. I mean, you imagine can, like somebody like that with sports science next gen and all that. You can. But that's what I mean. Like you said, he threw what top 88, but probably 85. From the left, yeah, I think yeah. I think Maddox is. I mean, he, he, you know, the the argument is always that Maddox never touched ninety. I think if Maddox threw everything he had, he would touch ninety. But he was I, all about but, control, but I think in yes. precision. But I would argue consistently eighty six, eighty eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But Maddox knew he wasn't. He was he never went, trying to butt by you. He was. He was I'll, hitting his spot. Yeah. He was like, he was I'm like, throwing I'm, it right there. I'm gonna paint this corner. If you can touch it, good. If not, you ain't. You ain't even gonna be close. One of my favorite memes of all time was when um when the Braves built their new stadium. They're like they hired Greg Max to come back and paint it, and it was a Photoshop picture, and only the corners of the stadium were painted. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, "We've messed up. We 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 hired the wrong guy." <laughs> you know, I would That's I would actually funny. argue That's that funny. I would argue that Greg Maddox would be a better pitcher in today's game as well. Yeah, because because you know Austin hinted on the fact that just so many pitchers throw ninety five plus. I mean, just everybody that comes to the league now throws 95-plus. If you were to face a guy like Greg Maddox that just paints the corners, never tops out more than 88, you know, I think Greg Maddox's curveball, if I remember right, was like 73 miles an hour, right? But he's, he's throwing a pitch every time that your brain, your, your thinking as you're watching is like ball or strike. You never really could figure out. You're just like, okay, am I swinging or not? Like. Am I going to take the chance? Yada, you know, stuff like that. But but also as a hitter, you're consistently seeing every pitcher that you face day oh, in yeah. and day out is throwing 95 plus, and then you come along on a Tuesday night game and you see change you up, see change ups every pitch. Yeah, yeah. his you fastball see is a change up. at the knees. <laughs> I mean, his yeah. fastball is everybody else's change up or slider. You know, Kyle, yeah. I mean, I guess Kyle Hendricks for the Cubs is kind of similar to that. When you say all, Grinky. Yeah, I mean Zach Grinky still throws 93. No, not anymore. He throws 90, 92 tops. But, yeah, I mean, Hendricks, Hendricks has a hell of a movement on his two scenes. Bro, Kyle Hendricks has a nasty changeup. Kyle Hendricks' changeup falls off the table like that damn stool over there. I mean, it, it, it drops that kind of distance. It is just it pl- incredible. It plays into, like, some managers – like the Tampa Bay Rays, they have in their bullpen, they have nothing but flamethrowers. Left side, right side, I don't care who they walk out there, he's throwing 97 plus. But uh, the Braves are a little different. Like we have some flamethrowers. We have but we Dan also, Day who throws sidearms. Yes, 77. We, we have a sidearm guy. We have like a Chris Martin that's got some movement. Uh, uh, Melanson's got some movement, and it's like, how do you want to? How would you build your perfect bullpen? 
would you build it all flamethrowers or would you build it a couple of flamethrowers and then a couple of guys that are just going to like throw 85, but you throw them right after you throw a guy that's throwing 98 and you just keep mixing like left, right, left, right, but also mix high speed, low speed, high speed, low speed. You know, I think one thing that goes like unused nowadays in the MLB, you talk about bullpens being flamethrowers. You know, you used to see, at least in you know in the 2009 era with like the Phillies and some other teams, you used to see teams always carry one guy that you just feel like is a sinker baller that you know could really get you out of a double play. Well, and that that was his job to get you that double. Is yeah. that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Like his whole job was to come into the game and get this double play and get you out of that. Kind Throw of these low play. speed breaking balls at the knees that you weren't getting it out of the infield, couldn't do nothing with it. Yeah. Like Atlanta had Peter Moreland. That's what I always think about. Like it was it was the Peter Moreland of our of our you know team, um, and even Johnny Venters could do it with with his power sinker from the left side. But you know nobody does that anymore. Nobody has. I mean, you you could argue that Darren O'Day would be that guy for Atlanta had it happened. You know this year in the playoffs. But it's kind of like if you look back at the um, 2010 Gamecock Championship in baseball, we had like Forrest Kumis, all those guys that could come out there and they were seeing two batters max or being thrown in a weird situation like that. And they're, they're throwing their three pitches, getting you out of the situation, going to the dugout. <laughs> and, called it a yeah, day. Yeah. They're like, all right, hey, throw some, give me some more Gatorade, man. With, I'm Matt, thirsty. with, Matt, with Matt Price warming up in the, in the bullpen. I mean, it, it, so you can, name, you can actually name, y'all might be able to name Tug McGraw is what Steve just said. I have no idea who Tug McGraw is. But, so, I could, I think you could y'all two could probably name the two submarine slash sidearm guys in the twenty ten era that was our double play guys. I can pitch I can picture the get this one of them had glasses. Jordan Montgomery was one of them, wasn't it? No. No, no, no. He had glasses. One of them one of them did have glasses. I can picture him. I he wore and he wore his hat kind of crooked. Yeah. I can picture I him. know who they are. I remember one of them, like, it literally looked like he would, like, his knuckles were hitting the clay every time. Was he, it Tyler Webb? Was, that was Jose Mata, whose knuckles were hitting. Okay. The, I mean, touching the rubber. I knew it was an M. By. I knew it was an M. Jose Mata. And then the That's other one. I said Montgomery. The other, the other one was the setup guy that actually got the double plays against Florida in the championship game. He had a great joke at the uh, national championship celebration because they called him up and he was talking. He was like, hey, I'm just going to go with my normal routine here and set up Matt Bryce. So yep. <laughs> now introducing Matt Bryce and he just walked away from the podium and then Matt God, Bryce. I don't, I don't Austin, know. you got the name? Uh, um, it wasn't Tyler it's, Webb. Was no, it's not Tyler Webb. No, it's not Tyler Webb. Tyler Webb. It's, it's a really classic white male name. Yeah. Adam Smith. Yeah. <laughs> It's actually a two first name kind of guy. God, I do not remember. Anything? No. Uh, Austin, you want any final shots at it? No, you got Day stuck in my head. John Taylor. That's right. Yeah. Was it, that was the glasses guy, right? That was the glasses guy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, like I said, God I could ne- picture I could picture his face, but I couldn't I couldn't have told you. He never threw, never, like, I think he did, I don't think he ever threw a full inning. Oh, he would throw a full inning or an inning and a half. Like he and he, he really would set up Matt Price for a for a ninth he would, inning he save. Would, he would he would throw an inning to an inning and a third. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the guy never threw harder than like eighty one. Never got drafted. And I never kind of understood that. I mean, if you're an MLB team, don't get me wrong, he was a senior, he pitched four years, you know, submarine guy doesn't throw hard. 
But the guy gets ground balls every single time he pitches. I can never think about a single time in his career at Carolina where he gave gave up a homer. Yeah, I couldn't tell you when he gave up big hits. Yeah. If they did – Dangers in the infield that yeah. found the hole, but you and know, if you're you an can, organization, you can you live just, with that. You just got to draft this guy in like the 25th round and just give him a shot. Like, let's just see, can he come to the MLB and do the same thing? It's impossible to hit a submarine guy like the solid contact, solid contact in the air. Like, it is the hardest thing in all of sports. It's, all, it's also because, like, if you think about it, when you're throwing overhead pitches like a normal over the head your ball's coming down the bat that downward velocity the bat's going to kind of angle it back up that over the but that submarine pitch is coming at a completely different angle so you have to hit it completely different to even try to get it up in the air yeah that's you you gotta try to get under something that's already low yeah that's already coming from the ground essentially that's like it's actually traveling up at you it's like it goes it goes up and then back down back down yeah and then it goes back down, and for righties, it's going back down into you. So you're always you're watching it go up, and unless you are perfect at reading how much his ball breaks, you're always on top of it because you see it go up, and you're saying it can't go down this much. So you're like trying to judge, all right, when is it going to stop coming up and then start going down? And you're never you never time it right. You're either on top of it, you're either up under it, and you fly it straight up to the catcher, like or you just beat it down literally straight into the ground. It, yeah. It's so impossible. It, it's it's so like hard. like if he's throwing two pitches that break the same way, you know, like two seam cutter slider and curveballs that like coming at that low angle, coming back up at you, then going back down the same direction. Yeah, that's with tough. one just breaking more a little bit than the other. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Like I did. That's like it, if, it if you go back and watch them. Um, it you, doesn't register to me how you throw a curveball from that, coming under that. Yeah. The, the motion yeah. of that wrist is you just, you, just you literally boomerang it. You get all the way around. You get all the way around on the side, and then right before you let it go, you just twist the thumb to your pinky, and you just flip places with them. That's what I'm it just it 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 visually does not make sense to me. Well, that's like if you go if you go and watch like the movie Moneyball, they talk about the Oakland A's when they signed that one crazy submariner, yeah, Chad Bradford, or something yeah, like it was that. like Bradford, something like that. Like he came out there and did a great job for them because it was that kind of voodoo what, that no one wanted to talk about. It was yeah, he was older, couldn't really hit high speed, but he was throwing crazy pitches that were coming from the dirt. Yeah, that batters were like, okay, I'm not used to picking up that well, ball. You, but and the thing was like, you saw like in the movie, you saw like his first like two pitches, he like threw over the catcher's head by like six feet. Yeah, like in the in that little bubble thing that they do for hitting uh, the batting practice. Yeah, batting, the batting practice. practice cage that rolls out there. Yeah. yeah, he was pitching to like a live batter and threw it like six feet over the catcher's head. Yeah, and everybody was thinking. And like, it's also what the a thing hell? of like your your mental your vision. Mentally, your brain is so used to picking a ball up that's coming at you from about six feet, seven feet off the ground. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, this sucker's coming two feet off. It takes that's that's it takes, why it takes like a half a second to, to realize, to realize, old. and like kind of pick it. It's not, even, it's not even that much. It's like a quarter of a second. But when a pitch is coming at you that fast, a quarter of a second makes all the world. It makes you don't, you don't, have, a, you don't have a quarter of a second. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I say that guy that that is very tall. Like you're talking guys that are like above six four 
that throw the ball straight over the top, when that release point gets up there, like seven plus feet, and you're talking about a good strike is somewhere between a foot and a half off the ground to three and a half feet off the ground, maybe not even that much. You're talking about a ball dropping four feet in sixty in less than sixty feet. Like that is why that guy that's straight over the top that's really tall is so so hard to hit. 